G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. My second son is just, he's 19, but he's about 50. And we were having, you know, a discussion one time and we're in the bedroom, we're talking and he just kind of waltzes in. And we go, we're talking. He goes, yes, there's clearly a problem, but if I don't stay and watch this, how am I going to resolve things with my future wife? (laughs) Hi, I'm Eric Scadabo. Welcome to Focus on the Family, Australia, where today our CEO, Brett Ryan, and his wife, Kate, will share some strategic keys to overcoming conflicts. And as we just heard, they're based largely on experiences in their own lives. Today's program was recorded when Brett and Kate were recently sharing at Life Ministry Center on the east side of Melbourne. Once again, that's Keys to Overcoming Conflicts, our topic on today's Focus on the Family, Australia. Well, Brett, my wife Jean and I were in the audience when you and Kate were sharing at this church service, and you had a lot of helpful tips for all the people there. Well, thanks, Eric. It's always a challenge when you're sharing some of your own stories and revealing to everyone. We've all gone through some challenges, mm-hmm. and yep. um, and so we have to be transparent because if we're not being transparent, we're not being real. And I think this area of conflict is a real issue that everyone faces. And you've actually had some challenges. We all have. And uh, yes, I admit uh, we are not perfect and not any shape or form. But one of the things that we can honestly say is that we are being perfected. And one of those things that we are needing to be perfected in is the area to resolve conflict. Well, I think you have people's attention now. Oh, Brett's not perfect. Let's find out. So let's listen to Kate and Brett sharing at Life Ministry Center. When we have any situation where we have two or more people together, we're going to have potential for conflict. We're going to have potential for misunderstanding, miscommunication, and that's inevitable, whether that's with your husband and wife, whether it's with your kids, with your parents, whether it's with your school, whether it's with your coach, whether it's at your work situation, whether it's with your neighbours, or whether it's even in the church. We've all been in the situation. Even Christians get into conflicts. And we need to be able to manage this well. And it may be a simple message that we're going to be sharing with you, but it's a message that we constantly need to be reminded of about how we should resolve conflicts healthily. Why do we have conflicts? Well, there's a verse in the Bible that says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from the desires that battle within you? You don't get something and you want to kill and you covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and you fight. Sound familiar? Not getting your own way? We think kids do this and they might have like, you know, 10, you know, toys in front of them and one person comes along and wants to get one of the toys and they go, my toys, <laughs> it's mine, that type of thing. And, and we see somebody else with something and we want that, not getting our own way. And many wars have started that way. Many conflicts in marriages have started away because they're not getting something that they want and we have this situation. So we're going to give you four tips, only four, it's not exhaustive in any shape or form, but we're going to give you four tips that hopefully by the end of today you'll actually be able to put some of these things into practice because we all need a little bit of help about how to resolve conflicts healthily. And especially as mums and dads, your kids are watching how you resolve conflicts. 
because they're going to take those lessons that they observe from you and take it into their relationships and their working relationships. So if you have conflict in front of your kids, which sometimes happens, you need to be actually resolve the conflict in front of the kids. That actually is uh, tougher when they're older because when they're little, you can kind of just wander away and have a bit of a discussion. When they're older, they pick up like that if there's something off. My middle son, my second son is just, he's 19, but he's about 50. Um, Immaturity-wise, he's just an old man. And we were having, you know, a discussion one time and we kind of said, you know, we're talking, you know, leave us alone. Uh, We're in the bedroom, we're talking, and he just kind of waltzes in. And we go, we're talking. He goes, yes, there's clearly a problem, but... If I don't stay and watch this, how am I going to resolve things with my future wife? (laughs) Um, He goes, I need to know what you're discussing so that I don't go down the same path, so we don't have the same problems. It's absolutely hilarious, and this happens all the time. If we're having intense fellowship, we'll get out of the car. I'll say to him, we better sort this out right now. We walk in the house, Locke's going to go, what's wrong? (laughs) So we sort it out, we get in, but you can be just slightly off. And he goes, something's gone on. <laughs> and he goes, I'm thinking a date is in place. You need to set a date. Go now. We'll make dinner. Out the door you go. A date is necessary. It's so funny. So we need to role model how to resolve conflict and do it healthily. And we've always said, you know, you need to go away and talk about it and get back on the same page. And, and so if there's an ounce of not being on the same page, he is all over it. And so you've got to be on the same page nearly all the time because they're watching. And it's interesting how we can wear masks. We could even, you might have even driven today and had some conflict on the way here mm. or intense fellowship as we like to call it. <laughs> and, um, and then you're like, we've got to put our masks on. <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine, I'd rather die. <laughs> that type of thing. And really we need to actually do this in a really healthy way. You know, in 1 Corinthians it says, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. He's talking about the people of the church. So even in church circles, you can have conflict. But the verse before it says, live at peace with everyone. And you might say, well, have you met my husband? Have you met my boss? Do you know my teacher? Have you seen my sister? You know, but it takes effort. And it's actually saying, encouraging everyone to live at peace. Even those people who aren't so lovely back. We have this situation where we need to look at things from another person's perspective. And I reckon so many conflicts could be resolved expediently if we actually take the moment, slow down and just say, oh, that's what you were saying. Which brings us to the second part. There's a verse in the Bible, which you know pretty well, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. You know, we have this situation where we're not really wired to listen quickly We like to speak. And I remember I was in a grade six class doing a CRE class and they were getting a bit restless and uh, and I said, okay, everyone just be quiet. And all these kids went like this. I thought, that's amazing. That's so cool. I said, where did you learn that? I said, I was my prep teacher. And the prep teacher said, whenever we're noisy, we have to cover our lips so it makes us stop talking and actively listen. So I know this is going to become a bit of a shock to many of you, but I often get, you know, I like to talk. And so I've learned, and you might see me every now and then putting my fingers over my lips. And the bonus is I don't speak, 
makes me concentrate, and it actually makes me look much more intelligent. <laughs> and many parents come up to me at a, after a parenting seminar, and I say, my kids never listen to me. And I say to them, well, do you listen to them? It's a challenge that we have, because we can actually have these active conversations, and it's more like monologues rather than dialogues, because we're not actually willing to listen. And that could be in the marriage, could be as your kids, could be in your boss, your neighbors, your teachers. We're not actively listening. And that's a lesson that we all could use a little bit of help with, being able to actively listen. And it's how we say things. There can be tones, there can be body language, a whole lot of things send a message. What message are we trying to send? If we are closed up when people are trying to address things in our life or communicate something with us and we have got this closed body thing, we've got arms crossed or we've got a snarl on our faces, we have to be open when people say things to us. Now, does that mean we take on everything? No, it doesn't. I'm going to share a story. It's quite a recent story and it was quite a difficult story. Um, We were going through something and I had been praying and seeking God about how to handle this situation. I had shared with a close friend about what I was going through and what God was doing and that I still wasn't there yet. And in the midst of that, she sent me an email which absolutely pounded me. You should be doing this. You've done that. You, you, know, you need to step out and you need to do this. And, you... and I sat there and I read this and I just cried. Then I got angry because this was a very close friend. And it could have gone either way. I don't know that Brett was around, but my second son was. And so I'm sitting in bed and I go, how dare she? I opened myself up. I shared with her about where I was at and she just dumped on me. Anyway, my son, he goes, oh, what what did she say? And I said, oh, you don't need to read it. But of course, he read it. And he said, I see why you're upset. This is why you teach your kids how to handle things because when they get older, they come back at you. Um, I see why you're upset. Was there anything in there that was truth? What was the truth? Was there one piece of truth that you could work on? I can see that there's a whole lot of stuff that wasn't true, inaccurate, etc. But was there one truth? I said, there's probably one. Maybe Then more. deal with that. Let the rest go. In the meantime, I had written a very angry email, as you do when you're fired up. You write, I wrote a very angry email, which I thought I did not send. He said, because he read the email I wrote, and he goes, yeah, I wouldn't send that. That's going to be a problem. (laughs) And I go, yeah, I know it's not. I'm not going to send it, but I just had to get it all out there. It's sent. She received it. I received another email. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. And at that point, I could have lost a very dear friend. So, you know, I went, oh, dear. Got on my phone. I said, would you be prepared to talk? That email was not meant to be sent. It was done in anger. What I said was a whole lot of anger thoughts, not what I actually really think when I'm calm. And can we talk? We got on the phone, we talked, all was resolved. She apologised for all the inaccuracies that she had sent. I had apologised for my anger out of turn and we resolved it. And I actually did what she suggested, that one thing... And what a difference that made. 
Now that's where we have to look at conflict and go, our first reaction when somebody challenges us is to defend. We react, we don't respond, we defend our territory, we don't open up and go, you know, they might be right on this. That's not our first response. It might be our second, but it's not our first. And so we have to be really careful that we open ourselves up because there are wise people who do hear, you know, from God what is happening in our lives. You I am not saying just let anybody speak into your life. I'm saying people with wisdom who you know that you can trust and who want the best for you. Husbands and wives, all in all, they want what's best for their husband or wife. And so you have to come back to that. If you're in intense fellowship, you do want the best for the other person. You want the best for your marriage. Right now you're disagreeing on something, but the bottom line is, do you want the best? And the answer is yes. So you've got to keep coming back to, we are on the same page, we've just got to find a way to get back there. And the same with my girlfriend. We had to find a way to get back there. But in the same time, we had something we had to learn, both of us. We both learnt something. And God was good. And he unfolded an amazing scenario. But we have to trust that people who speak into our lives are not always there just to annoy us. <laughs> we think they are, but they're not. As parents, we need to teach our kids how to handle conflict. It's not all bad. It's not. And they need to learn how to do it in a healthy way. That's Kate and Brett Ryan sharing some helpful keys to resolving conflicts in our families. We'll have more from Focus CEO Brett Ryan and his wife when we return right here on Focus on the Family, Australia. The Word for Today is Australia's most widely read daily devotional designed to give you practical teaching to keep you focused on your relationship with Jesus. Read it online or subscribe to the free printed edition at thewordfortoday.com.au You're listening to Focus on the Family Australia where we're dedicated to helping families thrive. We achieve this through our radio programs, parenting and relationship seminars and resources. If you'd like to find out how you can partner with us to help more Australians thrive, call us on 1300 300 361. That's 1300 300 361. Welcome back to Focus on the Family Australia, where today Focus CEO Brett Ryan and his wife Kate are sharing some practical keys to overcoming conflicts in our families and in life in general. And we want to say a special thank you to Life Ministry Center for providing the audio for today's program. Now here's more from Brett and Kate, now talking about the role anger plays in conflicts. We need to control our anger because we actually hear kids say, this: he made me do it, or she made me angry. These types of things, and we've all said these type of things, no one can make you do anything because it's your choice how you do that. And remember the verse where it says, don't let the sun go down your wrath. When we've had intense fellowship, when we used to do that, we used to try and resolve the issue before the sun go down, but then we noticed that it was well and truly down and it was going past midnight and some of the words that come out of our mouth are not really legible or, you know, and they don't say the right things. And so we realized that when we did that, we were actually trying to resolve an issue that couldn't be resolved in the the light of the day and we got to dark and it wasn't getting any better. So we've learned that when we do that, that verse where it says, don't let the sun go down in your wrath, we're actually saying, let's take the sting out of the battle. 
Let's take out the tension and resolve these issues. And we need to make sure that, you know, that our words are very powerful and acknowledge that. You know that saying where it sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? I mean, I've put plasters around many a kid and, you know, and it'll get better. But I've heard people get words taken over and it doesn't take six weeks. It doesn't take six months. It could take six years and ongoing because those words that were said in haste, in the moment, can do a lot of damage. We have to be very careful with our words. The last thing is this power of forgiveness. But it's not only just asking for forgiveness, it's actually, you know, giving forgiveness. Our boys are sort of like, you know, very early on when you try and teach them to say sorry, they say things like, I'm sorry. It doesn't really have the heart behind it, would you agree? It doesn't really have the meaning behind it. We need to, as we've said here, the power of forgiveness, these verses, as God has forgiven us, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Or Colossians, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. These things that we need to do, these tips, these keys, if you like, we need to learn to be able to not only see in a conflict situation that we need to see it from another person's point of view, we need to be actively listening, we need to actually control our anger, and we need forgiveness. An incredible, powerful thing, those words, I am really sorry, would you please forgive me? The tone of your voice, the volume of your voice sets up for good dialogue But if we're yelling and screaming and being like a monologue, no one's going to be listening and your kids are going to observe this as well. The ability to actually say, I am really sorry, is a great example for our kids that they can actually own things when they need to own it. Because otherwise they'll keep on blaming their teacher, their boss, their sisters, their brothers, the world. It's always somebody else's fault. But if you can actually start teaching the idea of I am really sorry. Would you please forgive me? It's a very, very powerful thing. Now, many a time, you only might be 5% at fault and the other person is 95% at fault. But you still need to own that 5%. It's um, respect for each other. Respect, and that includes a lot of things. It includes the words you say to each other. You have to respect that person, even in the moment where you're angry. We had a very hard and fast rule in our family that the boys were never to disrespect each other. They were never allowed to say, you're stupid, you're an idiot, or shut up. It was personal, it was offensive, and it was not going to happen. So the boys were never, ever allowed to speak to each other like that. And if they did do one of the I'm sorry scenarios, it was a no, see, that's not on. You need to own your words, you need to own your behaviour and you need to do it with a contrite heart. So you need to do it with such meaning so that your brothers know, I'm so sorry, can you please forgive me? And then I would actually get them to say what they're asking forgiveness for so that they knew what they'd done. What is it you did? Did you break something? Did you hurt them with your words? Did you, what, what was it that you were asking forgiveness for? Because being a teacher, how many times do we see our kids use others as scapegoats? It's always someone else's fault. I don't have the right uniform on. Mum didn't wash it. 
I don't have this. I couldn't do my homework because of this. I couldn't do... And it goes on and on and on. And we need to learn to own what we say, what comes out of our mouth and how we treat somebody else. It is not okay to dump on the people you love. Don't give your best to the workplace and come home and you're exhausted and everybody in your house just gets the worst of you. Everybody, you need to control your mouth. It is like that little rudder on the ship. The smallest member can turn a whole ship and your words can be destructive. So be really careful when you speak because in arguments we say things we regret. With us, I will actually go for a walk. If there's something going on that I'm I'm really angry about, I will say to him, we're going to discuss this, but I need to go for a walk. I hate those words. He hates that. But I go for a walk first and I pray about it and I think about it and I think, am I right or am I wrong? What are the perspectives? What is he hearing? What am I hearing? And what is God going to say if I respond in this way? And then I get back and then we can talk about it. But to try and force a conversation in the heat of the moment is not always the wisest choice because things can be said that are not healthy. Now, we have all failed. We've all fallen short of our ideal where no one is perfect. But we're on this imperfect world at the moment trying to do the very best we can. And with God's help, we can actually achieve those things. Sometimes we need to slow down. We need to see things in a situation where conflict is inevitable but take a step back. Sometimes we actually need to see it from another person's perspective. Sometimes we need to actively listen a lot more than just keep on speaking. And then we need to have humility and the courageous step to actually ask for forgiveness. And even more still, to actually receive that forgiveness and then actually give that forgiveness. And especially as Christians, your work colleagues are looking at you and, you know, as soon as you make a mistake, they go, there. We don't want to have that. There should be something special about us. Any interaction, there should be something special about us and we'll be known because of our love. But we need to show great example to our kids, show great compassion and love and understanding to our spouses, our neighbours, our colleagues, our teachers. There are so many opportunities to show Christ's love. And I'm sure in a room this size, there'll be people here going through their fair share of conflict even now. I pray for God's grace and mercy and patience and forgiveness and clarity of mind to actually not get angry when it's so easy to get angry. Take some time out and then actually see it maybe from the other person's perspective. And I pray for those people who have gone through and they're still holding on those grudges to see God and how he wants us to behave and how to think and to act and to have that powerful gift of giving someone that powerful thing of forgiveness. Let me pray for you. Father God, I just thank you so much for everyone here present. I thank you for your gift of your son Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that you help us all do much better in this life to fulfill our God-given potential in every aspect of our roles and our responsibilities. And I pray, Holy God, you help us see things in your eye view. And I pray that we will act accordingly speak accordingly and think accordingly. I pray for that in your precious, most wonderful name. Amen. 
That's Focus CEO Brett Ryan and his wife Kate sharing about conflict resolution at Life Ministry Center on the east side of Melbourne. Well, Brett, you had a lot of information packed in there. Oh, thanks, Eric. And I was reflecting on this whole presentation about it is so important for us as parents to role model healthy conflict resolution to our children because that's what they're going to do when they get married. And so it's so important to create an atmosphere where we actually admit that when we do things wrong or say the wrong things or act inappropriately, that we own it, we apologize, and we move forward. And when you share this message at various venues across Australia, has this been helpful for other people? Oh, very much so, because they're actually recognizing and saying, oh, we're not alone. And uh, (laughs) you're the expert and you go through even you're messed up. <laughs> <laughs> so we all have to admit, well, obviously, there is that challenge that whenever there's a conflict, there's your side, the other person's side, and then there's the truth. And the thing is, this is something that we can get better at. We're all a work in progress. That's We're right. far from being perfect. And I think if we can actually help you know, on this issue of conflict, more often, um, we have peace in our homes. And we want to create peace in our homes. That's and that's right. what Focus on the Family is all about, creating healthy families. And speaking of creating healthy families, we have more articles on our website about creating healthy families. You can simply go to families.org.au. Our website, once again, is families.org.au. And we have plenty of articles about having peace in your family. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for joining us for today's Focus on the Family Australia. I really hope it's been helpful. Our phone number is 1300 300 361. That's 1300 300 361. Or if you'd like, you can send us an email at response at families.org.au. That's response at families.org.au. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.